If you are able to stand for the reading of God's holy word. One verse today, but one verse that every believer ought to write on their heart. It ought to be readily available to their tongue when time comes to speak. From the fourth chapter of the book of the Acts of the Apostle, verse 12. Nor is there in salvation in any other name, for there is no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Thank you. Be seated. Last week we looked at the important doctrine of the Word of God. The Word of God to be that which informs us of all matters of faith and practice of the Christian way in our life. You know, many years ago, I uh, took a graduate degree in philosophy, and a lot of people think philosophers are a little bit crazy, and they probably are, but, um, but I had a great appreciation, and one particular person I had appreciation was <clears throat> the great German philosopher, Immanuel Kant. In fact, I wrote my thesis on him, and he was describing how we know, and he says that within the human mind are implanted certain categories of understanding by which we understand all we experience. And when you begin to analyze it, that is true. Uh, God has given us uh, certain things. For example, uh, the rule of non-contradiction. Now, that's a preacher, what are you talking about? I'm saying that we automatically know a thing cannot be both A and B at the same time. And we could go on and talk about all of them. Cause, effect. That's how we associate and put together our experiences. Um, uh, God bless Billy Clayton. He, he's a great man of God, but he had a real trial this week. He's telling me about it this morning. I've been there, Billy. I understand it. In fact, I think I've even been there worse than you have. But it was bad. Billy learned that if you walk through a yellow jacket's nest, that causes you to get stung. And so in learning that association, you don't do it again if you can avoid it. I know you didn't do it in purpose, but sometimes those little boogers are hard to see. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. Well, the Bible is our category of understanding. It is, the, it is the way by which we interpret and understand the whole of life. And I believe that as God put that in every, that first categories of understanding in every mind, God has put in your heart, believers, that the Bible is your means of understanding what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, what is not, what is the way, and what is not the way. And if you don't believe that, you're going to be misled in life. So having said that, I want to bring up the issue that really uh, is, a, is, a, is a trial and a battle for believers living in our time. And that is the exclusive claim that the true church of Jesus Christ makes that there is no other way, no other name under heaven by which a person may be saved except Jesus Christ. Now, this teaching comes in Acts in the course of a conversation with Peter and, and John and the Sanhedrin and, 
And, oh, you know, just since the resurrection, this didn't come long after the resurrection, what a dramatic change was made to Peter. He was a coward, afraid. Now you see him stand before the most powerful court in his land, confronting them, challenging them, warning them. Jesus does make a difference in your life. But anyway, he's there before them, and and then he, he tells them that, listen, you men are the ones that rejected the plan that God sent. And that plan was Jesus Christ. Before the foundation of the world, he was. He was God's predestined plan to reach us with the gospel of salvation. And you've rejected him. Now, this is what you need to know. That if you reject him, you have rejected the only way to God the Father. The only way to heaven. Because there's no other name you men will ever hear except the name of Jesus. Well, I want to say that boldly to every one of us here today. There may be some here in this room that that have never really accepted Christ. You know, I suspect that that's true in every time I've ever preached anywhere. There may be some here that dilly-dally with him, but they have not given their heart to him by giving him a true living faith relationship. If you're that person today, you need to hear what I have to say. And the whole church that does believe in him, that does have that living faith relationship, needs to hear what I have to say because that is a message that needs to be shouted in our time. There is no other name under heaven whereby men or women or boys and girls shall be saved except Jesus Christ. And you know the church is not bold enough to do that. C.A. Spurgeon, as many of you know, is my favorite, favorite preacher. He shaped my thinking since I first discovered him about 25 years ago. I guess that's a result of going to Duke University. I was never introduced to him there. But, uh, but, but 25 years ago, I began to discover him, and I devoured everything he ever wrote. And this is what he told preachers, and I'm going to tell you this today. He says, when you go to preach, go to the cross of Christ. What he meant by that was that the task of the preacher is to preach Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something else. It is not only the task of the preacher. It is the task of every believer. We live in a world today that is so confused. I listen to our politicians. They don't have a clue. They really don't. Even the ones I like don't have a clue. Because the problem in America is not guns. The problem in America is not really racism. The problem in America is not uh, environmental warming. Well, I, I need to tell you something. I, I don't know about what they say, but environmental warming is coming. It's co- I know it's a fact. Now, they're not worried about that global warming. But the global warming is coming. The world is going to be destroyed by fire. That's what the Bible says. They don't have a clue because what this nation needs, as Ann Lotz Graham, the great, wonderful daughter, fighting cancer preacher and teacher of, of women's groups all across America, has said that, that what the world needs 
is Jesus. She wrote a wonderful book, Just Give Me Jesus. And that's what the nation needs. Now, I know we live in an age that celebrates diversity, so they say. So they say. They don't celebrate my diversity, I promise you that. I'd be the last one ever invited to speak to Congress. Those on the left would hate it, and those on the right would be embarrassed that I'd make a scene. But the world celebrates diversity. We need to be gracious and loving and kind to every person saved and unsaved. That's Bible. We need to, to be a, a friend to other religions. We need to show them Jesus in our person. But we cannot embrace diversity as a primary principle because the opposite of diversity is exclusionism. Do you know that? The, um, the, uh, when I was at the university, the, uh, none of the fraternities were integrated. Only white boys could belong. I knew that wasn't Bible. So I went to see the president of the university, and I said, uh, Sir, are you aware that, uh, that by allowing these groups to operate on campus, you're putting in question every federal dollar you get according to the 1965 civil rights law? And I saw his face glaze, glaze over. You ever seen people do that? He says, yes, we are aware it's going on. The, it's on the agenda of the next board meeting. I said, it just now went on it. But I was hated because many people knew at that period of time that I was the one that was responsible for bringing that issue up. I'm sure they all thought I was a flaming liberal from up north, but I'm not anything but a flaming liberal, and I certainly ain't from up north. But I believe in the Bible. I believe in the Bible. And I want to tell you this, I am exclusionary in this sense. If you do not have a living faith relationship with Jesus Christ according to the Bible, you are going to hell. Your good works won't save you. Other religions won't save you. You know, I read a a study just recently, done a survey by the Pew National Trust. That's a very good survey group for the most part. And they had surveyed Christians in America. And they found, right, kind of relates to what we were talking about Bible study the other night. They found that 52% of all the Christians in America believe that they there is salvation that can be found through the other religions, 52%. And if you ask them if there's more than one religion, there's another religion, I suspect they were thinking about Judaism. They said, is, is there another one? And 80% said there's at least one more religion that you can find salvation in, in Jesus Christ. So you might say, well, I don't know people that think that way. You probably haven't been talking to the right people. But I believe that study is probably correct. And how has that happened? How has that happened? Amongst Christians. It is because they have not been taught what the Bible teaches about the way of salvation. 
you know, we preachers can get embroiled and, and excited about all kinds of issues. And, and that's not all bad, you know. But we need to be excited about proclaiming Jesus Christ as the way to salvation. What did he say in John 14, verse 6? When Thomas asked him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. We, we don't have a clue. And he said to Thomas, listen to this, believer and unbeliever alike. Listen to this, America. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And listen to what he says next. This is the part where it gets unpleasant. And no one cometh unto the Father except through me. That's exclusive, isn't it? And you know what? I rejoice in the exclusivity of the proclamation of the gospel for it is the means by which people who do not have the right relationship with God come to know it. Not only do they come to know it, by the movement of the Holy Spirit they believe it and they come to have it. So Lakeview... Someday the Lord is going to take me away from this place. Some hope it's soon. Some hope it's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. But you remember this. In addition to the firmness of the word of God being necessary for you to understand and to know anything about God. It is the proclamation and the reception into your heart of the central role of Jesus Christ. And that central role is the purpose in which he came into the world. Why did Jesus come? Somebody asked him that. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost, of which I was once one, and many of you are, and I hope none of you are today. But that is why he came. Before the foundation of the world, God had laid in plan the place and the way and the person to remedy sin and the lostness which it brings. And he sent his son, born in a man, He sent his son, raised in a carpentry shop. Not the academic halls of Jerusalem, but raised in a carpentry shop. And he traveled the earth for only three years, preaching and teaching the way to God, which comes only through him. Believers, Lakeview Church, always be absolutely clear. There is no salvation in or through any other. Now, in Hawaii, I had a good Buddhist minister friend, Reverend Suzuki, one of the gracious, most kindest men you'll ever meet. I mean, in terms of of morality and goodness, he outshone me.
but he was lost. I said, Job, Jill, how arrogant of you to say that. I, I'm not saying it. I, I'm just bearing witness to what the Bible says. You're not saved by your works. You're not saved by your holiness. In fact, your best works and best holiness will never be anywhere good enough. As my old father, dour old man he was, said to me when I was trying to justify myself, well, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as... uh, Name some of my cousins, the Harrises, that were moonshiners. I'm not bad as them. My father said, "You young man, you're foolish. You compare yourself to the wrong measuring stick. The only measuring stick that we have is Jesus Christ. And when you compare yourself to him, I assure you, you come up pitifully short. Amen. We're not saved by our goodness, our works. We're not saved by how much we know. I know plenty of professors that think they know a lot, but they don't know. I had a professor Duke say, I never experienced human freedom until I finally admitted that the bones of Jesus were still somewhere in the hills of Galilee. There's a man being paid by the Methodists and others to train preachers. What a pathetic thing. I told him, I got a problem with you. You're dishonest. And he says, what do you mean I'm dishonest? I've confessed what I read. I said, yes, you've confessed what I But you're taking money from the Methodist church to train preachers to preach the gospel. And you don't believe in that gospel. You're a thief. I wasn't popular with him anymore. But I tell you this, church. You be bold. You be unafraid to proclaim as the foundation stone one of the teachings of this church that Jesus Christ is the exclusive way to find forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God the Father. It is the only way through him, the the righteousness he gives us, that we are righteous. Our righteousness is not something we have. It is something we have been given when he on the cross poured out his blood to pay our sin debt. That is our righteousness. And those are the only ones that can stand before God. Because God says no unrighteous person will stand in his presence. You better get that. And so we preach Christ. Oh, yes, I love the Apostle Paul. Everybody knows I do. I'm probably more like Peter. I'm kind of weak and, well, and not real strong at times. But, but I, I love the Apostle Paul. I hope I get to be more like him. But, but he, he said to the Corinthian church, we preach Christ. When you say Christ, you're saying the Messiah, the very plan of God. That's not Jesus' last name. That's a title. Christ, the Messiah of God. We preach Christ. And how do we preach him? We preach him crucified. Yes. The Savior gave his life to save us. That's how he saved us at cross. So we preach Christ crucified. Foolishness to the Greeks. We can't believe that. A lot of people like that in the world. Ted Turner's like that. He says, somebody dying for my sins, I just don't get it. Well, he really doesn't get it. Stumbling block 
and to the uh, foolishness, to to the Greek, to the pagans, to our world, a stumbling block to the Jews. The Messiah of God surely couldn't be crucified. They just couldn't understand that. But then what does he say? But to those of us who are being saved, who are being saved, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. To those who are being saved, it is what? The truth of life. Lakeview, I'll roll over in my grave. In fact, uh, all you deacons, I might even come back and haunt you. I don't know if you believe in ghosts or not. If you ever allow this church to buy into the diversity that says there are many ways to heaven, and a lot of churches are buying into it. One of the largest churches in Chicago, the woman preacher, was asked up there in an interview on, do you believe that Christ is the only way to salvation, that Christianity is the only way? And she said, no. It's out there. And the devil will creep it in here if you allow him. But don't you ever waver from the central truth that there is no other name under heaven by which a person shall be saved except Jesus Christ. Praise to God for Christ who delivers us unto righteousness. Preach Jesus Preach it in your personal conversation. And make sure your church preaches it. Amen.